Hi, this is the Care to Change podcast, and we're grateful to have you join us today. We're continuing this month of topics related to mental health awareness. April will be joined by our counselor, Teresa Haskins, to talk about depression. We appreciate you being part of this conversation that we hope offers you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. As always, thank you for choosing to spend this time with us. We are so excited about today's topic because it's one that's common to so many people. And so I know that we'll be able to offer you some practical solutions today. We are in the middle of May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We started our month talking about what mental health is and how to know if someone is suffering or if you are. Uh, Last week, we talked with uh, Jean about anxiety. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that if that's something um, that you think might be affecting your life in some way. Next week, we're talking about uh, bipolar and then the following week, when to see a therapist instead of talking to a friend. But today, today we have a special guest who's going to talk with us about depression. Teresa Haskins, one of our our therapists here. Teresa, thank you for joining us. Thanks. It's great to be here. I am so glad that you have agreed to talk about this topic because I know between anxiety and depression, it affects so many people. Yes. Uh, And so why don't we dive in and just really begin with maybe what a definition is Mm -hmm. because we hear the word depression thrown around so often similar to hearing the word anxiety, you know, I have anxiety, or I have depression, or they they must be depressed. And so it's just a common word that's used and sometimes misused. And so why don't we just start by saying, what is what is depression? Yeah, um, depression to me, it, it, it feels like this deep sadness, and it can affect so many parts of your life. It can um, disrupt your sleep and, and eating, um, and it's, it is this constant feeling of sadness. It's this um, lack of motivation, um, feeling tired. Um, really hard to do even the simplest of things. You know, when um, when it feels like the sadness is is greatly disrupting your life, it's really difficult just to get up in the morning and, and go to work and, and do the things that um, need to get, to get done. And to me, that's kind of what the depression would feel like. Right. So it's beyond feeling sad. Yes. It's this pervasive feeling that interacts or interferes with day-to-day life and what life is expecting from you. Yes. So um, sadness is one thing. Every single person um, who is a human with emotions will experience sadness at some point in their life. Yes. Not everyone will experience depression. Right. And depression is that darkness that says it's just weighting me down yes that I, I I hear that so often the the feeling of the weight and the heaviness of it um yeah it's it can make you feel immobile um difficulty just to move <laughs> so it is very heavy so tell us about how many people are actually impacted by depression it is prevalent um actually uh, nearly one in ten. Um, suffer from depression. Wow. And even more so with adolescents. It's it's a difficult, um, very prevalent illness. Wow. Well, I know I I just heard the stat over 3 million people in the United States. I mean, that's just, I mean, when you say almost one in 10. Yes. um, That's just depression. We're not talking about other 
mental illnesses or even anxiety, just depression, almost one in 10. And you think about, I mean, how many people in your circle, you know, if if it increases more than 10, um, then you know someone with depression. Right, right. Yeah, it's not if, it's when. Exactly. Someone. Yeah. So, so we know it affects a lot of people. We know it uh, interferes with day-to-day life. Uh, what would you say to someone um, if they think, you know, you listed some of these, and I know that that's just kind of like, here's some markers, some indicators that, that say you could be, you could have a clinical depression. If someone is struggling, I want to talk about two different groups of people. One, the people who are struggling. Uh, and then I also want to talk about the people who have loved ones who are struggling uh, because we have a lot of spouses and parents who come in um, because their children have depression or their spouse has depression and, and they just don't know what to do um, for them. So, but I want to start with the people who have depression um, because we also know um, depression is actually, it's the leading risk factor as it relates to suicide. So we can't bring up depression without bringing up suicide, Absolutely. Uh, the number one risk factor for suicide. So it's not something that we want to sort of barrel through or buckle down or just get over, or I'm just going to, I'm just going to white knuckle my way through this. You know, it, that's just not the way depression works. Right. There's so many risks involved with depression. Yes. So talk about if someone has depression or thinks they may, what do they do? Yes. Um, if it is interfering with your life, mm-hmm. um, you really do need someone to help you through this. I mean, definitely um, see your doctor, mm-hmm. um, check and see if there could be any other diagnosis going on that could be contributing to the feelings of sadness. You definitely want to um, check everything out. And there could be a, another explanation for it. And then you know, you need to make a decision, um, psychotherapy or medication. Um, each of those individually are effective. Um, it could be that psychotherapy is, is really effective to you, with you and, and for you. And, and you feel like that's all you need. Medication in itself is just as effective as psychotherapy. When you combine the two and when, when the, um, the depression is is severe. I mean, the best the the best mode of therapy probably would be a combination of the two. Right, right. I love what you said when you say to look for the underlying reasons, because we all have stages and seasons in our lives, right? Absolutely. And so, um, adults listening might say, "Well, I've never felt it before, but in the past year, or in the past six months, you know, I've really." been experiencing this a lot more and I don't understand it. And our bodies change over time uh, and circumstances change over time. Events in our lives can contribute to the way our brain is functioning. And so uh, anyone could could have depression and uh, it could settle in at any time. Now it might be something that genetically, you know, you're predisposed to that. And so um, looking for the underlying reason will help with the best treatment. Right? Absolutely. So that's yes. a, that's a really good point that you make, not just go to the doctor and get some meds. Yes. I mean, that's, that's one thing people can do. Um, like you said, but really what, what is it that's underlying this? Because if there's something else going on, uh, maybe, you know, especially with women who you know, hormones change throughout the years. And is this something that hormones 
uh, have more of an impact than just Definitely. Right. There's so many factors that can play into it, hormones and environmental changes in your life and the roles that you play. Um, it, there is a, a, an element of heredity. There is some genetic factor there. So it, um, if you have family members who tend to have been depressed, I mean, that's certainly an indication that you also may have depression. But it can be, it, it doesn't have to um, sit with you all your life. It could be something that is um, a change in your life or, or some, some part of your life that's not, maybe it's not living up to your expectations, where you sh- think you should be at some point in your life. So um, it could be a, a host of elements that are keep contributing to it. So when you say, see a doctor, look for underlying reasons, decide the course of action, potentially medication, that medication and therapy are the best, uh, the best outcomes for depression, according to research shows that um, the combination of two for true clinical depression, get the the best outcomes. What about day to day life, right? So there are some things, what I don't want to do is if someone is sitting here um, struggling with depression, I don't want to give them a list of to do's because we just said everything feels overwhelming Absolutely. when depression kicks in. So I'm like, okay, what I don't want to do is just add to that weight that they may already feel. What we would say is take one step, right? Absolutely. Uh, but right. there are some things that we can do in our day-to-day life that support our brains and our bodies that would help fight um, or help strengthen mental health that might help lower uh, the impact of depression. So can you Talk a little bit about some things just day to day that we could do to help strengthen our mental health, maybe potentially lower that depression. Definitely. I kind of have a a unique stance on on how do we tackle depression. And and it somewhat comes from a passage in Deuteronomy 6, 5, where where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. And if we tackle depression with all that we are, um, so tackling with heart and um, our emotion and our relationships. So that's a really tricky area when we are depressed, you know, our relationships suffer, we are irritable. Um, so doing the best that we can in, in coming into the relationships with, with some calm and vulnerability and, and sharing with people around you that, um, I'm really struggling right now. I'm, I'm having difficulties. I'm in this area of depression. Um, so, so tackling it from the heart perspective, another, area that I feel like um, tackling with all of our being is our soul and spirituality and how how powerful that tool is for for Christians and um, going to God and going to scripture for that strength that you don't have right now. Um, I love the there's a passage in Psalm 40 where it talks David is talking about uh, he's praising God for for lifting him out of the slimy pit. Mm-hmm. And I love that analogy with depression because it d- certainly feels like you're in a pit. And and sometimes we we imagine that God and his power should just lift me out of this. Um, I think the analogy with God's involvement here is more of 
he's with you. He, he's trying to lift you out of it, but there's still some action you have to take. It's almost like you're taking your hands in the pit and you're crawling yourself out of it with him lifting you and, and being there with you because he does want you to go through the process because coming out of depression requires some changing of thought and mind. So he doesn't want to just bring you out of it, like magical, uh, like one day you're you're suddenly free from mm-hmm. it. Um, there is a process that he wants you to go through. There is a there's a struggle that's really important in the journey. It's so it's so good that you've just brought this up because we have so many Christians who come in and they want to pray it away. Yes. You know, like, but I've been praying and it just doesn't go away. Yes. And unfortunately, depression isn't that easy, right? Absolutely. It's not that God can't take it away and God wants to lift you up, like you said, but it's not one of those things that, and so they wonder, you know, is my faith not strong enough? Is is God really real if he's not answering this prayer? Is something wrong with me? Did I do something wrong? Am I beyond repair? And right. that's not at all. That's not at all, right? Exactly, right. So when you talk about the body, because um, I really want to talk about how to support the body in this. Yes. I, I love that you said connection. Yes. Um, and taking care of your soul as it relates to your relationship with God. There's also the strength, right? Which is the piece exactly. of the body. So what are some things physically that someone can do to support their body? Definitely getting some form of exercise. Getting outside is, uh, you're not only giving your body that motion that it needs, but the, the sun, the environment is so uplifting to, to, the, to the low that you're feeling. You know, there are uh, uh, just doing the minimal, you know, Mm -hmm. I know this is probably the hardest part. And I feel like, you know, as you're climbing out of the pit, um, just that that difficulty of just hanging your feet out of the bed. Sometimes it's just that it's just saying, um, I'm just going to do I'm just going to put my feet out from the covers. Right. Um, So when we are defining, okay, so what? physically, what can I do? And maybe it's not even a 30 minute walk. Maybe it's just a walk around your block, right? Um, doing what is doable. We're out of your bedroom. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Just look at the sunlight. Yes. Um, open the blinds, right? So it's something very, um, obviously eating properly and getting proper nutrition and hydrating the body and what you're putting into your mind. Yes. You said it's a battle in the mind as yes, well. So yes. what are you watching and reading and listening to? And are those things re-energizing and giving you hope and restoring you and your mind and your soul or not? And if they're not, um, they're not helping the cause, um, right? But like you said, just moving the body and sometimes the mind and the heart doesn't want to. They just want to stay with the covers over, but like, I love that you said, just move the feet off of the bed and sit yes, up, right? Exactly. Um, open the blinds, walk around the room. Um, if you can master that, then the next day do the next thing, right? And count that as a victory. Right. Don't underestimate the, I guess, I guess encouragement or the uh, that movement. Right. 
so give yourself a, a pat on the back for that. Don't feel guilty that that's all you can right, do. Right. Changing the, the mindset. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. The only thing I did was no, because that's better than what it was yesterday. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so celebrate the small victories. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So if, if the people listening say, well, you know, it's not me, it's my husband or my wife or it's my kids. And we hear often say, it's not as easy as saying, get up, get out of bed. Come on, let's go. Like snap out of it, right? Exactly. Uh, it's not right. as easy as snap out of it. That's not the way the body and the brain and chemicals work. You don't just snap your finger and then the chemicals in your body are suddenly different. Yes. And emotions are suddenly different. And so it doesn't work like that. So if um, for those who are listening and they're saying, but what do I do for my spouse? Like I can't make them, you know, fill in the blank or this has been going on for this long. What would you, how can you support a loved one? Yeah, I think the very first thing that you do is make sure you're okay. You know, like mm -hmm. um, the, in an airplane, you know, the, the stewardess would say, right. okay, make sure you put the oxygen mask on yourself first. So, so making sure that um, you're taking care of yourself uh, would be the very first point. Um, and then another, you know, again, what you say is really important. So we're not exactly some of the phrases that you've already mentioned. We're not, we're not trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. You you cannot fix it. But we, what we can do is encourage um, we can empathize, we can be there with them in a, in a way in it, but encourage them to uh, get their feet off the bed. And, and let's just do this one thing today. Together, together. To, to, together. I love that whole idea of it. this is we, you know, and it, using depression as actually maybe a way to strengthen your relationship, feeling that that person, that loved one who is depressed, feeling like they're not alone, that you are there and you're encouraging them and, and they're a tool for them with boundaries. Right. So making sure that there are, you, you have a really good understanding of how far is, is with spouses, it's a little different, but if there's another family member, making sure your boundaries are clear and, you know, if they are, are overly needy, you know, just making sure that, um, you're supporting and not giving too, too much of yourself. So I'm hearing encourage by doing with rather than telling and talking about it. Yes. Telling them what they quote should do. And so letting them know they're not alone, which is one of the keys in suicide prevention is telling someone we're going to do this together. You're not alone. You're not a burden. There is hope. Um, some of um, our clients who have been able to walk out of depression through therapy and medication or just therapy or medication, it has been because their loved one has brought them mm, yes, and they sit in the right. lobby, you know, or come into the session, whatever is more comfortable for the, the person coming in, but just saying, why don't I call for you? Because you talked about how everything can feel overwhelming. So um, not just saying you need to call a therapist, but saying, can I call for you? Can I call with you? Um, again, you want to, that balance between doing everything for them, but doing things with them. Well, at the same time, caring for yourself so that you're at your best to support them through it, right? Yes. And encouraging them that this this won't be forever. Right. It, this is not a forever diagnosis, that things will change, things will get better. Um, I think that is a really helpful 
thing to, to say and um, to encourage them with. Right, right. It's important for people to know that depression comes in all shapes and sizes and socioeconomic and cultural places. It, it just crosses, like anxiety, it crosses all barriers. Yes. And so people who smile um, aren't people who don't have depression. They've learned how to smile. Yes. You know, and so it's important that when you know a loved one um, is suffering to walk with them to get the help that's needed and to support them and to encourage them, you know, each step of the way, letting them know they're not a burden and, and you're going to walk through and um, just continuing, continuing to offer them hope in that. Exactly. Uh, Because depression is the one mental health issue that feels hopeless at times. Uh, Many of them do, but this one for sure can feel very dark and lonely. Uh, And so we definitely want to shed some light or bring some hope into this. Do you have resources that you would recommend for people? One of my favorite um, authors on this is David Burns. He's been studying depression for over 40 years. So Feeling Great is a book that I highly recommend. He has several books on depression. The Feeling Great is the latest edited version. So I highly recommend uh, the book by David Burns. I have a couple other books that I... I feel it would be really helpful. There is a book uh, by Cloud and Townsend called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. Um, This is, and it is specifically concerning discouragement and depression. Uh, And another book, and I think this is so prevalent with those in depression, is that there's along with it this anger sometimes toward God and why isn't he just lifting me out of it? So Craig Grishel has a great book that concerns this this anger and this, again, this hopelessness. It's called Hope in the Dark, Believing God is Good When Life Isn't. So those are all three. Uh, I highly recommend those for you. Right. So good. Thank you so much for this. I know that in this short period of time, it's hard to really dive into all the components of depression. I think what's important for the listeners to know is that it's real, that it's that it's chemical. Um, it's not something you can snap your fingers and it just go away. And so that it takes uh, intentional uh, response to it, right? Absolutely. And so uh, if you feel like, oh, that's me, uh, I'm definitely suffering, know that there is hope and there is help. And Uh, you can reach out to us uh, and we're happy to walk that path with you, get support systems for you that's needed. And if your loved one is struggling, we want to encourage you to say, can I call for you? Can I take you? Can I be a part of that healing process, Uh, that process that brings you hope, whatever that is. Uh, It's important also for listeners to know that not every therapist is well-versed in depression. That's a great point. Or anxiety. And so even though we're licensed and we can, you know, see all kinds of issues, it doesn't mean that's what our specialty is. Mm -hmm. So when you call and you look for a therapist, ask them what their experience and training is in this uh, area, because you want someone that really knows the ins and outs and can understand and can give some real practical solutions uh, to help. And so if you've already tried a therapist and you quote, like it didn't work, 
it maybe that wasn't the therapist that had that experience or that passion to help in that particular area. So I want to encourage you to find a different one, Absolutely. right? So don't that give up. One, right. Yes. Just yes. keep trying. We don't find the first, we, we don't always hit the jackpot with the first person. And so reach out again. That's why we offer so many different options here at Cure to Change. It doesn't have to be Cure to Change as long as there is help and it's and it's feeling like it's helping. So, right. Yeah, exactly. So, well, Teresa, as always, thank you for yes, joining it's us. It's great to be here. Uh, Teresa is our marriage and family therapist here. So she works with families and, and uh, marriages and so definitely can help you if you want to reach out. I'm so glad that you're here with us and at Care to Change. We will put some information in those resources in our show notes for you. Again, next week, we're going to continue the conversation with Brittany Gibson, and she's going to talk about what bipolar is. It's a, uh, a word that gets thrown around a lot nowadays as well. It's newer to the world in terms of the word, but it's definitely being used more frequently than it used to. So we're going to talk about bipolar and what that is and kind of a similar conversation. And if there's anything that we can do for you, please reach out. We love to offer you practical solutions to get that positive change and transformation that you're looking for. Thank you for joining us until we see you again. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. We invite you to follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in this episode. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at care2change.org. We thank you again and hope you will join us for more of our podcast conversations.